tickets to give away to see the Phillies and the Jays on July 13th, which I will do later in the Kill the Vibe, which I will do later on in the show. We'll have uh, Barker's Back Lake Bits, and we'll continue to take calls at 416-870-0590, star 591, triple eight triple six zero five nine. Calls have been great. Calls have been good. Keep them coming. And uh, now that we're on 360, we're across the country. You can call in. Call in long distance. We love hearing from different parts of the country. Sure do. You know, and maybe, I mean, I've worked in most of them, so. Not me. I can even drop some local knowledge in some of them. Some of them I am. I work in Calgary, Winnipeg, Montreal, here. Someplace I forgot. No. Mm. I pretty much Man of many covered talents. everything. <laughs> no. Man of many job offers when he was younger. That's a good thing. Indeed it is. Um, Jays and A's. Game two of the series goes tonight. Is tonight really a 10.07 start? Eh, huh. Thank God for Jays and 30. <laughs> No, I'll watch it. I'm just kidding. You say Kikuchi against Adrian Martinez. So uh, if it's you say Kikuchi pitching, 10.07 start. First inning will be done around 11.30. Yeah, I might be uh, I might be watching Jason 30 tomorrow. I can't believe I said be nice. that. Chris Rose is host of the Chris Rose Rotation with John Boy Media. The latest episode of the rotation, which has just dropped, features former Blue Jay Rowdy Telez. Chris also spoke to Alec Manoa in a recent episode of the show. Chris, thanks so much for joining Kevin Barker and myself. Want to talk about uh, baseball at sort of the 81 game mark and the trade deadline and all that good stuff. I want to talk about the Cleveland Guardians as well because I know it's a topic close to your heart. And I'm beginning to wonder if they're not going to pilfer one of the playoff spots that I kind of thought were reserved for teams in the AL East. But before you do that, um, tell us about your conversation with Alec Manoa. Had you had you spoken to him before? And like, he's an interesting dude and a guy that uh, obviously is really likable. Anybody who knows his backstory, what, what was your read on him? I loved him. I loved him. I had seen an interview with him before, some bits and pieces, uh, but nothing as in depth as as we got. I mean, I got almost an hour with him. Yeah, you know, he took us through his entire story, and you know, he's a, just a big lovable. He's a kid, man. He's a kid that happens to be six six and two sixty or whatever. Um, I really enjoyed my conversation with him. I root for him a ton. You know, I think that the thing is that that I love in the comments of our YouTube section when people watch on the, uh, our show there is when people say, "Hey, listen, I'm a fan of the Yankees. I'm a fan of the Red Sox. I'm a fan of the Rays." but I'm a fan of Alec Manoa because of this. You know, like that's, that's the goal is to kind of peel back the layers so that people realize, yeah, you might root against them, and you should for three hours a night when you guys are competing for a playoff spot. But to then realize that whether it's the struggles to get to this spot or even when they've gotten here and to kind of climb over some hurdles or just be a fun-loving guy like a Rowdy Telez, but it's okay to root for them too. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you gr- end up growing the game is by saying, I might root against you because you're not on my team, but I'm still going to like you. Yeah. See, it's interesting you say that. Cause I, I one of the things that, that always gets me, I mean, it always pisses me off is when we have this, not, not us, but when people have this dialogue about Mike Trout, 
the face of baseball, and if only Mike Trout wanted to be out there more, right? If only Mike Trout wanted to be advertising everything and 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 you know and pitching everything and. I think even the commissioner, Rob Manfred, mentioned at one point that you can kind of only do what you can do with a guy like that. And I actually thought I actually thought Rob was was right. And and my whole point with baseball is I don't think baseball needs a face because it's such a regional sport. It appeals to people of different cultures for different reasons, Chris, that this idea that we need this universal face of the game. I don't know. I, I don't feel that way. I, I you know, I, yeah, I love watching Shohei Otani. Everybody loves watching Shohei Otani. But there are other guys I like just as much. I mean, I get bugged because I'm a Jose Ramirez guy. I love Jose Ramirez, mm-hmm. right? I just do. Is Jose Ramirez the face of baseball? I don't know. But you know what? When Jeff Blair likes to watch baseball, Jose Ramirez is one of the faces that he wants to see. And I think sometimes you get we, we kind of overlook the fact that there's there are a lot of really interesting dudes in this game on different teams. And I think we ought to celebrate that instead of searching for baseball's LeBron. I don't know. Maybe I'm off base. No, I think you're onto something. And I think the important thing is that there doesn't have to be one face. That all we're looking for to grow the sport is a reason for kids to connect to it. And it could be for a myriad of reasons, right? It could be the way they like Fernando Tatis' style, right? The way that he plays, the way that he looks, the way that he moves out there. It could be the fact that there's a kid that drove 500 miles to go watch Rowdy Telez, you know, his favorite player, go play in Milwaukee and ends up hitting two homers and he comes out and, you know, gives the kid an autographed jersey. Like whatever, it could be Joey Votto talking to a kid at Wrigley Field in the on-deck circle that's a Cubs fan wearing a Cubs jersey, but... Joey Votto doesn't care about that. He sees a seven-year-old kid there in the front row that may or may not be a huge baseball fan, but after he hits a home run, goes and gives him a high five. Like, that, that's what the face of baseball should be. It should be how do we continue to cultivate? Because you got me. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. They got mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. How do we get the next generation of kids that will love the sport? And it could be for a bunch of different reasons. Chris, is there over an hour? Was there anything with Alec that stood out to you? Now, I don't want you to give away any secrets there because I want people to tune in and watch to your show. But is there any one thing? I, I've talked to Alec a couple of times about rubbing up the baseball in the American League East and drawing a little unwanted attention to himself. Try the intimidation thing, right? It's, it's probably, you know, sometimes you do it, don't do it all the time. Is there one thing that stood out in your mind that you went, wow, that's pretty grown up? I don't know. I mean, we all know about the relationship that he has with his mom and things of that nature. And we really kind of took a real, real deep dive into that and how he has perceived it, how he perceived it as a kid growing up and now how he perceives it as an adult um, and how it's really different, I think, and the sacrifices she made. Um, Yeah, I thought that that was that was pretty mature of him. but he's just got some great stories about all of his teammates. He's got some great stuff on Kirk. I, I mean, a guy who's really, really burst on the scene this year and it's going to end up starting the all-star game and be one of those, he'll be one of those guys that Joe Davis and John Smoltz talk about during the all-star game as, Hey, people outside of Toronto may not know who he is, uh, but you should pay attention to kind of how special a season he's having. 
Uh, we are at the 81 game mark uh, here in Toronto, and you know, we mentioned that the Jays have one more win than they did last year at this at this time, despite a run differential that's 57 runs runs different. And I mean, it's baseball, so go figure it. But I I, I heard an interesting discussion on on, on Jason Stark's uh, uh, podcast that I, I wanted to I heard it coming in here, and I wanted to bounce it off you because I found it kind of interesting. Uh, I think a lot of us have just assumed that the American League East winner, obviously the American League East winner will go to the playoffs and that the other three teams, whichever three teams didn't win, were going to go to the playoffs. I mean, that was part of the conventional wisdom going into the season. Do you still think that we're going to see four teams from the AL East go? Or do you think a team like Cleveland, you know, and the Chicago White Sox as well, they're, I mean, they need to, to get it together. But could you see a team from the Central sneaking in here and taking one of those one of those playoff spots? Could. Mm-hmm. You could in part because I know the Boston's got the toughest second-half schedule of anybody. Yeah. I mean, they've only played the Yankees three times. Now, there's a possibility that if they play them late in the season, and I haven't checked their last week's schedule, for example, but, you know, the Yankees might not be playing. I mean, if they're chasing after 116 wins, how how much do they really value that over making sure that their players are rested and ready and their rotations ready to go. And they might, instead of Garrett Cole throwing seven innings, he might throw five, right? All that sort of stuff. Uh, let me see here. I just pulled up Boston's schedule. So they play him with about 10 days to go in the season, a little less than two weeks. Right. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe New York's probably still going to be playing all their horses at that point. You would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I could I could see one of those teams getting left out in the cold, like last year. Um, it's possible, you know. Listen, I'm a huge Guardians fan. They don't hit enough as is right now. They would have to make a substantial move at the deadline to improve their offense. I think we're all still kind of waiting for Chicago, and Eloy's probably going to come back within the next week. It sounds like that will help them immensely. Uh, it won't help them running the bases if they're going to continue to run into triple plays like they did last night. Like, if I was a White Sox fan, I'd be going nuts. Like, I don't get it. I still look at that team and I'm saying, how the hell are they five and a half games out? I mean, I get it. They've had injuries, but they had injuries last year and they lapped the field. Yeah. So they are a hard, I've got to tell you, they are the definition of a hard watch. They really they are, are they? a hard watch. Yeah, they're they're hard watch because they have so much talent. I mean, they're not an Oakland A's hard watch. No. Let's let's be fair here. They're, but I'll be honest with you. I've been disappointed in your team. I really have. I I had them winning the whole thing. I know I'm not the first guy that's come on your show and, and said that. Um, but they've had guys that have massively underperformed, right? I mean, you can put Manoa, Kirk. I think Gossman has has pitched really well. I think Romano's been good. Um, Springer's been uh, pretty good when he's been out there. Uh, Stripling's been good. But other than that, Bichette hasn't been good. Um, Teoscar has been okay. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit. Last week's back, though. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so they've got guys that need to pick it up here the second half, in my opinion. Chris, you've been around baseball forever. Do you think expectations is a good excuse for the Blue Jays here, at least for the first 81 games? No. No. I mean, go ask them if they're happy where they are. You'll get a universal no. I mean, 
that's not what slowed them down. They have just they haven't performed up to standards. I mean, this last week has been an unmitigated disaster. You know, that's I watched a lot of that series against Tampa Bay, and holy smokes! I mean, if it's like Paredes doesn't get into Cooperstown based on what he did up there, I guess he ain't ever getting in. Um, and then to just have a clunker like that to start a West Coast swing against two teams that are beatable right now, um, you know, they got to get they got to get their house in order a little bit. Yeah, there's a real sense I think that there's, you know, we've been kind of talking about it. I I I think we're we could be a couple of weeks away. If this continues to sort of go the way it's going. I think you have to beyond just simply do you add a bullpen arm or a starting pitcher. I think you have to take a, a real close look. We talked about Teoscar Hernandez. We're led to believe there was an attempt to sign him in the offseason. It didn't go anywhere. At some point, I think you've got to look at the core of this team. It's much like the Leafs in hockey. You've got to look at the core of this team and say, all right, is there somebody that, you know, is there somebody we can we can move out of this core group to address the issues around us and more and more, it appears as if Teoscar's kind of become the guy because Gurriel is still so cost-effective, and of course, you're not going to touch right. Bo or Vladdy. The the spotlight kind of goes on on Teoscar. And um, well, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I I just think that the Barrios thing is that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I've seen a ton of this. I've always liked Jose Barrios. I really have, and and being a fan of a team in the American League Central. Um, I've seen a ton of his starts, and I always wondered why he wasn't better. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered why. I was like, really good pitcher, all-star pitcher, at times like splashes dominance, but never consistent enough. And now this year, man, I don't get it. it. It's just, and that's a huge deal. Not only did you guys give up two big prospects, you gave up a nine-figure contract. I mean, that's that's real life money here we're talking about that you could have, you know, gone elsewhere with. He's got to be better. He just has to be, or or this thing's not going to work. It's just not. And and they will trade for a starting pitcher. They're going to have to if they want to realize their dreams, because this isn't a team that's going to be like, well, okay, we made it a nice step last year. You know, we played home games in three different states and two different countries and all that. And they won. And, you know, I think it was one of the undertold stories last year, what they had to do. It was essentially trading the whole team twice mm-hmm. during a season. But that's done now. Yeah. You've got your home crowd. You've got the youth. But you've got enough experience to say, hey, let's go. Let's go. So I'm still waiting for them to go. Chris, do you think Yankees fans should be worried about peaking too soon? After they've seen the Astros come in and – I think the Astros think they can beat the Yankees, no matter if it's in Yankee Stadium or in Houston. Do you think the Yankees can maintain this an entire season? That includes the playoffs. But that's not a question of them peaking too soon. That's a question of them knowing that the Astros are just as good as they are. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It doesn't, that doesn't matter if it happens at the end of June or if it were to happen in October. They know how good the Astros are. They know it. Everybody knows it. And um, I wouldn't put it past the Astros to finish with a better record than the Yankees. Uh, they've got, just, they've I, got I, a really easy schedule too, Chris. If you, if you look yeah, at well, it, the Astros have a, have a, it's either the easiest or the second easiest in winning percentage. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you and they are excellent and they are tested. And the fact that they could lose 
Springer and Correa, yeah. guys that mm. mean not only a ton to them over 162, but particularly in October, and be as good as they are, that's special. Yeah, no, it really is. Chris, we uh, really appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Anytime. Chris Rose is host of the Chris Rose Rotation, John Boy Media. Uh, his uh, The latest episode of the Chris Rose Rotation, which uh, features Rowdy Telez just dropped. Do listen to the Alec Manoa, <clears throat> pardon me, the Alec Manoa episode. Um, it's uh, it's terrific. And, you know, we all kind of know the backstory with Alec Manoa, but Alec goes... Uh, goes really deep into uh into his his background and his relationship with with his mother which is uh just it i mean it's if you're uh you know if you were raised by a single parent like i was my father passed away when i was seven if you're raised by a single parent you can uh uh you really you can kind of go through it with rowdy and it's it's uh or with Alec, I'm sorry. You mm-hmm. can kind of go through it with Alec, and it's uh, you can see why he's the total interesting package. story. Yeah, I mean, you know what? He he because he's he's kind of that big, lovable, mm-hmm. goofy guy who realized very soon that that wasn't enough. But we did see <clears> a different side <throat> right? of him last night. Yeah, and he oh, showed he's... a little emotion. He was a little fired up about not. Well, performing. yeah, but but I, I and I think the thing with the thing with Rowdy is is he's I really have time <clears throat> for athletes who take advantage of their situation to try to learn more, be smarter, be better, sort of be more well-rounded. And I just get the sense that, that, uh, that Alec is a guy who just absorbs a lot of really important lessons. There's tougher things in life than baseball. I asked, yeah. someone, I, I asked someone last year about Rowdy and said, Alec. Or Alec, what am I thinking of Rowdy? I got right in the brain about Alec and said, do you think he's ever going to become kind of an ass? You know, like a guy that, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we all see those guys, the guys who are really friendly to the media in their first year and really friendly to the fans, and then they kind of go the other way. And I said, just wondering, because, you know, he's got a big personality. This person said to me, Rowdy does one thing, or Alec does one thing. (laughs) It's going to be a... She'll be to write it on this piece of paper. Alec does one thing that a lot of players can't do when they're young this person said alec has a really good bs filter he can filter out well said the stuff that just doesn't matter isn't going to make him better isn't going to make him any more money isn't going to get him where he wants to go and take his family where he wants to I take always... them he it, it was an interesting point and this person was very clear and, and you know and it, he wasn't speaking in a cliche he said he just Alec knows what he needs to know. I always tell you all the time, I wasn't good at that when I was a player. Rod Carew would come up and tell me to do this, stand on my ear and hit right-handed. I would have tried it. Yeah. And I didn't know how to say, no, you kidding me? It's not going to work for me. It's an art. Let's move on. Let's move on from Alec before I call him rowdy. This is going to be a Barry Bobby Bonds thing or a Randy Todd Hundley thing. I was writing when I was covering the Expos, man. Barry Bonds was Bobby Bonds so often. Todd Hundley was Randy Hundley. I anyhow it was we're just a team a i'll get you through it jeff yeah thanks man i know you got my you got my back i'm right behind you jeff i'm like 50 miles behind you but i'm right behind you uh all season long we're giving we'll go back to the phone lines in a minute by by the way but i want to give away some tickets here so i don't have to talk about alec 
Manoa or Rowdy Tellez anymore. We're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here on Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on the podcast, whether you're a fan of Rowdy Tellez or Alec Manoa. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Text it to 590-590. This is for a chance to win two tickets to see the Jays and Phillies at the Rogers Center on Wednesday, June, uh, July 13th. Boy. Hang on. I needed the coffee. Yesterday we asked you, who was the only Blue Jays starting pitcher to get a win in the 1993 World Series against the Phillies? The answer... Pat Henkin was on the mound for the dominant 10-3 victory in Game 3. All the other Jays' wins were racked up by relievers. Al Leiter, Tony Castillo, that'd be a hell of a question. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Ward registered the other three wins in the series. So, oh, you got to get this. I know you're going to get this because this is one of your guys. This is one of your guys. Today's question is to win tickets to the July 13th game at the Rogers Center. Who is the only Phillies player to hit more than 50 home runs in a season? Oh, that's easy. You got it. I know you do. Who is the only Phillies player to hit more than 50 home runs in a season? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I would have had to think about this for just a bit. No, you wouldn't. I would have had to think for it just a bit. Yeah, I would have had to because, you know, uh, Dick Allen, and I would have had to go back and and, and 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 think a bit. But I would have settled on this guy. But it would not have, like, I knew you because he's your he's one of your guys. Mm-hmm. And I knew it would have been. We didn't get him gone. on the show, by the way. I don't, I don't even know what he's doing now. Is he, co- is he coaching in their organization? I, I don't, it's not coaching. Him. No, it's a he's an special advisor, advisor yeah. or whatever. That's just the title for let me show up and get tickets. And- I just remember the story about this guy. Is he was one of the few players who was happy to go year to year in arbitration and went into all the hearings himself because he just... Yeah, I don't know. That's why that's a smart move or not. But... Worked for him. He's a really good hitter. He the heaviest bat I've ever seen. Yeah, you it's told me that a, story. It's, it's, ama- it's you've amazing. You've told me that story. He wanted to go A to B. He used to tell me that out of the top of I just want to drop A to B. Because <laughs> I, I, he said if I use a lighter bat, I was out and around a lot. I just want to drop it. Just let the head do all the work. Makes a lot of sense. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. We're going to mix Barker's Back Lake Bits and the phone line. Shlomo and Scarborough, thank you very much for your patience. Guys, Go ahead, my friend. Guys, how are you? We're Great doing show. well. Callers have been really good today, by the way. They've been yeah, great. they have. That's our producer, Mark Boffo. He's doing a great job. He actually brought something up. I was on hold for a minute. I want to talk to, about the uh, ineptitude of the front office when it comes to scouting, pitching, developing pitching, making the right calls with who you're signing and trading for. Like, if we look at this, this is over $200 million in what you called Blair wrong money. So my question is, okay, if we're trying to trade our way out of this, last year we tried to do the same thing. We had a couple good trades, but then we had a really bad one. And Brad Hand single-handedly pitched us out of the playoffs. Hmm. So we don't have enough. We've seen our layers of our farm system. We're probably going to have to trade off the major league roster to get some something done. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we? When are we going to look at the front office and say, I'm not saying fire Atkins and Shapiro, but they need to be changing the way they do business there. These are major mistakes. We're celebrating them over building a good offensive roster. 
but guys, in one other profession, can you make over $200 million in mistakes and keep your job safe? Like, these are huge mistakes. They're doing half the job. We need to do the whole job if we want to win. You can't win with no pitching depth. If you take away Alec Manoa, your producer said, um, we have probably the worst starting rotation in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, so I, I, mm, I, well, I mean, I don't know about there's some bad rotations, but I will say I, I will say this. And, and thanks for the call, Shlomo. I mean, I, I yeah, this this um, I mean, the organization's traded away some of its pitching in deals. They traded away some of their pitching to get Chapman. They traded Simeon Wood Richardson last year. Now, and, and, and I understand that was a guy they acquired from the Mets, so it wasn't like a guy that they drafted and, and um, you know, and signed and, 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 and developed. I believe he came over in the Stroman deal. So they have dealt some of their, their starting pitching away from the minor league system. But your, your point about the bullpen, I'd forgotten about Brad Hand. Your point about the bullpen is is well made and mm-hmm. and listen there are you know first of all when it comes to this front office um there's a lot of stuff mark shapiro has done like the, I, I can't stress this enough mark shapiro was and is the perfect guy to be president and ceo of the blue jays at this time given his relationship with ownership, he is the perfect guy. If you are a Blue Jays fan, the last thing you want to see is Mark Shapiro leave this organization. Mm-hmm. Just trust me on that. And I'm not saying that is it. I'm not saying anybody's bad. I'm just saying that you need, when you're dealing with the big corporation, you need somebody who knows how to deal with that big corporation. Mm-hmm. And... That's Mark. And I only mean positive things by that. Um, Ross, you know, look, I, the, I'm conflicted about the Ryu deal because, and I know I'm going to get ripped for this because I always get ripped for it when I say it. I understand why they went out and signed Hyunjin Ryu. Well, they sort of had to. They, I, yes, it was, mm-hmm. th- that's kind of where the market went. Because of who the agent is, and mm. you can roll your eyes, but believe me, that's a factor. It you want to make nice with you want to make nice with Scott Boris. Just trust me, you want to make if nice a Boris with Scott Boris. Boris will come here. Any client will come here. Yeah, and and so I, I, I have no issue with the Ryu signing. And the thing is, I've never heard anybody at any level of this organization say, "God, you know what? That Ryu deal is going to screw us." I've never heard anybody say that. I've never heard anybody suggest. That ownership views the Ryu deal as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a bad deal. So I'm going to kind of park the Hyunjin Ryu deal because I get that. You, you're, you're not going to get the value you wanted out of him at the end of the deal, but that happens with multi-year deals. I'm okay with Hyunjin Ryu. So I'm going to park that to the side, Kevin. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But it's some of the other stuff. Uh, you know, Kikuchi, at the time I thought, okay, I... I I, I get this. Better him than Thomas Hatch. Bingo. That's exactly. what I was thinking. Exactly. Now, better him than Thomas Hatch. But 36 is a big number. That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I I guess. I, I don't, again, I don't, I, I don't get the sense that there are people wringing their hands about, oh, my God, that's going to be an albatross, you know, that, that, that 
$36 million. Again, ownership here has, they've sucked up a lot of money. They've taken on money in trades. They've traded away cash considerations as part of deals. They've buried some really mediocre free agent relief pitching. Like They've just buried it. One thing about this organization is they're not afraid to suck up dead money. But Shlomo's right. I, I, I keep getting back to this. It's I see teams literally crafting bullpens out of nothing. And I don't see the same. And I'm not saying that the people running in the baseball operations are dumb or anything like that. I don't think they are. They're all very smart people. But, man, they haven't hit on a lot of stuff when mm-hmm. it comes to relief pitching. They just haven't. They got a bunch of similar guys. Yeah, they got, you know, you got different arm angles and yada, yada with Simber. But they kind of got a bunch of similar guys. They got a bunch of guys who are kind of sort of okay in the, in, guys, in the sixth inning. And the, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And there's really nobody out there that you say, boy, I can't wait. Ninth inning, here we go. We're loaded. I cannot wait because Clay Holmes is coming in or Garrett Whitlock's coming in. I can't wait to see that. They haven't brought us that guy. And that's a couple of years now. You know, Ken Giles? I often wonder what would have happened if Ken Giles hadn't hadn't gotten hurt. I often wonder what would have happened if Ken Giles hadn't gotten hurt. Guy who liked it here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a guy who uh, fit in well in the club. I mean, just there were a lot of things. About had Ken really Giles. good stuff. He had real good the stuff. Ninth inning. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he had good stuff. Hard thrower could locate it, and then you know, of course, he gets hurt around the All Star. What was it? Mm-hmm. He was getting a massage or something like that around the the All Star. I've often kind of wondered about Ken Giles and what would have happened if Ken Giles had stayed healthy and had signed here even for a couple of years and maybe given the Jays a little bit of breathing room. And Ken Giles wasn't throwing 100 miles an hour when he was here, but he was still good enough. He was 97. Consistently. Anyhow. Uh, 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Barker's back lake bits and the phone lines. We'll go back to the phone lines as well. It's Blair and Barker. On Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Aaron Barker on Sportsnet 590. Man, wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Sportsnet 360. Yeah. I don't like that question. I mean, I'm just trying to give you some help. To, I'm just trying, trying to, to give you some questions to ask. Well, no, you, you, you ask, ask your every, questions, I'll ask mine. You ask every now and, All right. and then. And every now and then, I figure that I should... Uh, Remember, I'm a leader, not a follower. A You'll never see me 50 miles behind you. Maybe 50 miles in front. You remember that. Just saying. Uh Let's, uh, you know what time it is. Let's do this, even though we're going to do calls as well. It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. Well, I saw you in 2005 hit homers off scoreboards in the International League, uh-huh. so I, I know how you roll. I sounded like a, was that me? Somebody sounded like a duck there. It wasn't me. That was you. 
Ah. This is the part of the show where we uh, go through my DMs because Barker doesn't have Twitter. Never. Smart, smart man. But we go through my DMs and we come up with questions for Kevin Barker. We're kind of marrying the two today because of the fact we're taking calls. The calls have been good and we're still going to go the phone lines, 416-870-0590, star 591 590 So Jeff, hold on for a minute. Uh, Rick Messlin, love the show. The Jays are underachievers of the bad ratio of overconfidence to production. While I know many say management doesn't really impact on bad field performance, I believe the team would benefit from a strong ex-player manager that people had to respect. Charlie is nice and all, but he lets the inmates, uh, mm. but, but he lets the players run the uh, run the show. Um, that from Rick Rick Meslin. I, you know, first of all, I'm going to say that uh, the whole former man player being a manager thing. I don't. A lot of a lot of young players have no idea about a. a you know well, what? What a guy was as a player. I, would, I that to me is a non-starter. To, well, how would a former player handle the bullpen any differently than yeah. Charlie has? I mean, Charlie's throwing a bunch of names against the wall and trying to figure it out in the American League East. You're I, right. You know, what? I'm not going to take up it, for Charlie because I'm the first one. It's all about. But, go ahead. Sorry. It's, well, it's just it's it's hard to come on here and go. Who else would you go to? Yeah, it's all. Like, of, it's, uh, you're right. With, with, with me, the manager, it's all about communication. Whether you played or didn't play. You're only as good as your players. You know, A.J. Hinch has won World Series, and it's not like he had a had, – well, he may have cheated to get it, but it's not like he uh, – not like he's had a like long track record three months ago, Aaron players. Boone was going to get fired. Yeah, Kevin not Cash be, didn't have a long tra- a, track yeah. record as a player. So, yeah, I, I don't – no, I uh, – and, and, and I'm going to say this, you know, I think uh, given the way Charlie has handled – uh, it has handled some of the situations, the you know the the outside the box situations he's had to deal with. I, I think that's still very much a factor in him having the confidence of this organization. But I, but I will say this: we've been very clear about this. This is no surprise. This or, this this team has to go. I, I think this team certainly has to be in the playoffs this year, and I think it's I think it's got to go to the ALCS for this season to be a success. I still do. I don't know if it's going to happen now because of what we've seen. But that was my expectation going into the season. That remains my expectation. Does Charlie get fired if they don't go to the ALCS? No. So why would you say the first part? I'm saying those are my expectations. But I, I, they have to make the playoffs in the very least. They have to make the playoffs. And I just said, we're maybe two weeks away from wondering whether or not, like, let's just see where they are. Can you imagine they don't the do standards. anything? Jeff in Toronto, thanks for your patience, my friend. No problem, guys. Good morning, gents. You guys are my favorite broadcasters. As you know, Jeff, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Now, listen, you remember when I I called early in the season, and I had made mention that I'm very worried about this team. I made mention that mm-hmm. I was worried about the youth on this team, and I was very worried about the pitching. Yes. When we lose last season by one game, to make the playoffs, and the bullpen should have been the number one priority on this team this for this season. We're going to win the World Series. Everyone's giving it to us. No. The bottom line is, is they keep getting passes. I'm talking about upper management. Why did we not address the bullpen stronger? And, again, I talked about the pitching. I think that we had two-and-a-half pitchers in what we have. And I really believe that, and I think that they're trying to do uh, like what, what Robbie Ray did last year with other people. It's not necessarily always going to happen. Mm. Walker is great, but he can't do miracles. And I really don't understand how we think that we're going to uh, do anything, even if we can get to the playoffs. you think we can win with what we have? Certainly not. So i got to say one last thing. 
What I would do, and it's going to hurt, and you're going to disagree with me again, you have to do a blockbuster. Burke, you're going to get more for him now than ever. And Hernandez, trade those two guys for something solid and then see what happens. Thanks, guys. Jeff, uh, Jeff's got some thoughts. Uh, He does. Um, I'm almost... The problem, yeah. There's. Listen, I, 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 I can't disagree with with the idea that. Let me ask you a question. At some point, you you, I keep saying at some point you got to start looking at the core of you this do. team, and I don't think I think Kirk. I mean, I, I don't know if I and if anybody's necessarily untouchable, but I've seen enough of Kirk right now. I I want Kirk. Kirk to me is a part of this. Kirk to me is now. He's not at the Vladdy and Bo's level, but. If I have Kirk, it allows me to do things with Teos because I've got Kirk in the middle of the lineup. Can you make a playoff run without Kirk? No. You honestly think no to that? I I think he's their best. Hit. He's been their best hitter through more than six weeks now. I yeah. their their deep run will will be all determined on their pitching and timely hitting. That it, you notice how good this team looks when their starting pitcher is good. Have you noticed? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like every other team, but it's really with this team. Who would you rather trade, Teoscar Hernandez or Alejandro Kirk? To get, let's assume that you can. Here's everybody's my, talking about a Luis Castillo de, sort of deal. Let's assume the, that you can get a kind of. I mean, I know I know the guy that I'd be focusing on. I'd be calling the Miami Marlins, saying Pablo, Pablo Lopez, Lopez, okay, for Teoscar Hernandez right now. If, well, they're not going to do that. They're they, not. It, it, it would be Teoscar Hernandez and somebody else. You don't think they watch the same video no, exactly. we watch Teoscar? But, but what I'm saying is that's what I'd be aiming for. Okay, if Pablo Lopez and you could get him, and the deciding factor was Alejandro Kirk, you ain't doing that. You seriously ain't doing that. When is this team looks so good? With good starting pitching, if not great starting pitching. And Pablo Lopez is, you talk about power with stuff and a little bit of vinegar in it. Boy, you'd have to to, to seriously sit down and think about it. Because you just look, that body type screams injury. I know he's having a good year, but the things that they have to do for a 24 years, he's 24, 23, just to keep him on the field, not playing three or four days in a row behind the plate and Maybe. just give him a day off, boy, you'd have to really think about it. Like, I, it wouldn't be an easy decision. Like, you're not hanging that phone call up right away. If no. you are, you're not doing your it's, job. It would be a harder decision for me now than it would have been at the start of the year. That, that's or it might all, be an easier one because he's doing say. well, and next year he may not be doing as well because he might be yeah. bigger next year. Yeah, I, I suppose. He would not be. He would not be the guy I'd be looking. Don't think with your heart. Think with your mind. You know, I I, I okay. hate I hate to keep drawing parallels to the Leafs because it is a, uh, you know, one is a salary cap league, the other isn't, and we're talking apples and oranges when it comes to money. But you know, I look at the Leafs and the and the the difficult situation they put themselves in by, uh, you know, signing John Tavares by signing William Nylander. And you know, you've got Marner and Matthews, the two guys that have to be your guys going forward. And I and I keep looking at Teoscar. Again, I know it's a different situation, but I'm thinking I gotta I, I I've gotta pay not I want to pay Bo and Vladdy. I, I want them to be here for multiple years. I don't want to be in a position where I've got to look at these two guys and make a call on one of them because they're just they're starting to earn too much money. I look at Teoscar in some ways as the guy who is 
maybe a year ahead of where I need him to be to really fit in with this core. And I might be looking at at, at moving at moving him. I don't want to seven games above five hundred with Alejandro Kirk. You think they couldn't be seven games above five hundred without him? Well, with better with a better starting pitcher. Ask yourself that. Like, I look. It's not a popular conversation because we all love Alejandro Kirk. No, we, we I, do. It's, it's but not. it's it's you got to look at long term body time. We talk about Vladdy doing things to his body. Go look at that. What they went through to try to keep him on the field to get the best Kirk offensively. But you how know do you what? think that's going to look a year you, from now, two years from now? That's I my did. point is. And how would Pablo Lopez? I'm just throwing that name out there. I'm not even saying that's the name. But how would he look two years from now? That's the thing you got to ask yourself. Is you got to look at big picture here. And what's best for your team? That's all. Ken in Niagara Falls. Guys, how you doing this morning? We're doing well. Thank you. Uh, first off, I just want to say I love your guys' honesty for a Toronto show. You tell it how it is. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. And now uh, I just got a two-part question here. First off, uh, I don't think it's you know fair teams just fire managers for no reason. But I think Montoyo, if he's not, he should be on the hot seat. I think his problem is he doesn't want to irritate the lineup too much. He doesn't want people getting upset. We have to switch the lineup around first and foremost. And second of all, Springer must be dealing with some kind of one of his nagging riddle injuries again. Mm -hmm. He's always going to DH, DH. And then we have Kirk, one of the hottest hitters in baseball, on the bench. Right. And he's a left-handed hitter, which we need in the lineup. No, he's a righty. Oh, I'm sorry about that, guys. But uh, but, but yeah, you need him in the lineup. Yeah, you need him in the lineup. We need him to be. Yeah, no one. Yeah, <laughs> if he was left-handed, if he was left-handed, I'd be giving him a four hundred million dollar contract right now. Uh, yeah, but uh, but no, I just don't understand yeah. why he is sitting on the bench and then they have Springer DHing. Springer, he's hitting about I, I want to say two fifty right now. Yeah, he is not looking good at the plate. So why is he DHing when we have Kirk on the bench? Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the call. I mean, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but this is kind of this is this is what life with George Springer is going to be like. You know, Barker, you pointed out when they signed him, it was we all loved the signing, but you also pointed out this is he's not going to play 162. Nope, and that's a long contract. I, th- this is. This is going to be the running discussion for the rest of the oh. contract. And we just have to assume, or not assume, but we just have to accept everybody else. That includes Ken. You've got to accept that the way the, the, way the Jays and other teams use their high performance departments oh. now, guys are going to get days off. I can't tell you how many guys are going to get with other off. people about this conversation. It, it's again, he gets back to that Alejandro Kirk thing about the playing and how you play him and how much you play him in a row. And is that really going forward is this what what you just gave 150 million dollars to a guy that you're going to have to do this with and you got another guy that you're going to have to do it with it's just it's okay well, yeah but, uh, well, let's, well let's move beyond beyond the kirk thing though because i think the, the focus of, of of the conversation w- was on springer I, there, there there is no point in there's no point in talking about because that's the way it's going to be like you're going to drive yourself nuts if you keep if over the next six years of George Springer's contract, you complain every time he isn't in the lineup. That's just the way it's going to be. And or and, DH-ing. and or DHing. And George Springer is here. Oh, George Springer's here. George Spring, but George Springer's here to win playoff games. 
That's I understand you can't get in the playoff games unless you make the playoffs. I, I get all that. But George Springer's here for August and September. Angela. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying. I he's do. here for August he's I here do. for August and, and, and September. And um I mean that's 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 just the way it is. As 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 for Charlie Montoyo, uh you know, I, I I just don't I would think if they don't make the playoffs, he is on the hot seat. To to yeah. Ken's point, he is on the hot seat. I and think he's it on is about winning now. But again, I everybody that listens to our show, that we we know, they know that we're we're gonna tell it like it is. It's just very hard for me to come on here with what the names that Charlie has to pick from and complain about what he's doing. Like, do we realistically think that Charlie sits around and goes, How do I not put Alejandro Kirk in a lineup? Hmm. Okay, maybe I'll pick this day. Do we really think that's the way There's, it's going here? There are, and the and the George Springer thing. I I just there are a lot. It's lemon, hard. To, there it's are hard to come a on lot here of and complain about that. There yeah, are a oh, lot of cooks in that particular oh, kitchen. Oh, it's in that. There's a lot of them. Yeah, they're they're really. I can't are. fit another one. I bet. And we're not. <laughs> and I know people are saying you're just making excuses for the manager. We're not. The, we never do. This is a. It is a cooperative endeavor with this with this front office it just is and more and more that's the case it's a case with the yankees and aaron boone it's that's just the way the game has gone now you pick any team i guarantee you dave roberts has got a whole bunch of people in his ears when he sits down to do the the dodgers lineup i, just, I guarantee just so, you they just all so just, happens the spotlight's a little bit more on the blue jays because their top three best hitters in vladdy kirk and george springer you sort of got a massage through it now again the vladdy thing is sort of it is what it is. It's going to be DHing the wrist, the the weight, the marathon, the mental grind, all the things that go in. You're trying to give him days off without actually giving him a day off. And then Kirk. And then George Springer. There's a lot going on with this team. You paid a lot of money to a guy that you talk you talk about the Hunjin Ryu contract and what the back end of that's looking like. Yeah, no, Ooh. but I'm saying I, I don't the Hunjin Ryu contract, I don't I, care about. I, it. I, 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 don't, I don't care. I don't about either. But I'm saying the George Springer back into that deal. As long as he's, as long as he's got him to a World as, Series, as long as he's or play, keeping him in the playoffs, you know, as long as he's playing 148 games for me a year, I'm okay. 148. That's the number you pick. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the 148 games out of George Springer a year. Well, 148. Yeah. Not 145 or 150. 148. 148. <laughs> I just assume what? he's gonna. I assume he's gonna miss at least two weeks of the season. I just do. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Has I, he already missed his two weeks? I don't know. I think his two weeks are up. <laughs> you Where'd you get that number at? I was just looking. You at were it. looking at something? Was, That's I the most just, he's ever played? Is that the most he's ever played? No. No, I, I wouldn't. I'm not that. It might be. It well, might be a, the most he's ever played. You just didn't pull that out of a hat. Go to Billy and Markham. Billy's Billy always uplifts oh, the finish show. Finish us off, Billy. Finish, finish us, us off. off. Well, don't finish us <laughs> off, but lift the show up, Billy. Take it to a crescendo so we can leave, and we can leave in it in a blaze of glory. The floor is yours. The floor is okay. yours. Okay, fellas. Well, first of all, uh, I, the last time I called in, I got a hold of uh, Show Ali, and he was kind of mad at me when I called him AAA. So now I got to defend him and take a shot at you guys and say, There you go. Show Show was great, and he. I hope he didn't wally pip your guys' asses. So, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, but anyway, thank but, you for that. Thank you yeah, for yeah, that. No, no, I, you I'm guys sure know you're. You, I know Billy. You, we know. We know. You, you show knows as well. 
you guys got me off of Dan Patrick. You're the only guys that can then wow. have wow. li- listen to you every day. So I mean, I, I I really I really enjoy this slot this slot time with you guys more than the calls after the game because you guys just bring in other other teams and 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 I, I just love listening to a, you, you know the Boston Red Sox guy or the Oakland A's guy. It's yeah, that's fun. You guys, you, yeah. Anyway, well, we got that. sources, so we got to use them. Go ahead, yeah. Billy. Thanks. Here's how I here's how I look at it. First of all, Jeff, you know there's not a guy on this team I wouldn't trade except yeah. except for Manoa. I love this guy. I absolutely love this guy. He is he is. I don't normally uh, you know fall in love with guys, but this guy is my favorite player, and I hope we have him for the next 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of Springer, I think the biggest problem with Springer is can he hit a damn cutoff man in the first <laughs> inning? That's one first, mistake. His defense is usually pretty good. I knew. Why did I not know you? I knew you were going to bring up that play. Billy pays attention. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but, but, oh, boy, but listen, Jeff. Jeff, on that throw home in the first inning, I mean, that guy's not going to score. And and, and if, if he at least, if he doesn't score, maybe we have our third baseman Chapman playing a little deeper. And that ball that gets by him, maybe we get out of that inning with, with no run score. It's very important that you hit the damn cutoff, man. Billy, we, you know what? I hate to do this, too, but we got to run. I pooched the clock. I gave you your say. I thought you were going to uplift us. You turned into hammering and George Springer. I'm just kidding, Billy. You can call back anytime. Bark, that was fun. Callers, that was fun. Thanks for doing that. We'll be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern. You've been listening to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever, I love Billy, wherever you get your favorite podcasts.